I'm Jeremy, and this is Good Beer Matters. So then we kind of have a profile of what that household looks like. What other products do they buy? Take some of this basic POS data and start to evaluate where do I want to go with my business? It's taking the data, kind of interpreting it, and seeing how we can work together to kind of make the beer industry bigger and better every year. If you're like me, you're not a data collector by nature, but when we back our experience with knowledge and precise information, we can make well-educated decisions for our beer business. My next guest is an expert who helps us learn to interpret and utilize this data to help us plan our next step. I've studied, traveled, and tasted my way through some of the best beer the world has to offer. Over the past few years, I've also spoken to beer industry leaders from around the globe. And one thing is certain, the art, the science, and the culture of beer has more of a profound effect on us than we realize. There's a story of craft and culture found in every glass, and I intend to get to the bottom of it. These are the stories of us, of great food and the beer that brings it all together. I hope you enjoyed episode 69 of Good Beer Matters with Ryan Tennis of IRI. that I've been thinking about for, gosh, at least over a year. Um, This is something that is intimidating to me, and so I've been putting this off for quite some time. Um, uh, But it is a reality of the business, and it is um, something that everyone needs to get comfortable with. And no, I'm not talking about uh, yeast propagation in your brewery. I'm talking about data collection and using data uh, in order to steer your business. Um, So... Uh, today, I've got uh, Ryan from IRA talking to us, uh, excuse me, IRI talking to us. Ryan, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks, Jeremy. It's really a pleasure. Um, you know, I have a passion for beer and it's, it's great to talk to you. And I also have a passion for data, right? So kind of how we use the data and can make decisions based on it in the industry. Well, then that makes you the perfect person to come on this podcast and talk about the subject because I, I'm going to admit uh, this is going to be one where I just shut up and listen because this is uh, this is my Achilles heel. Um, but uh, Ryan, will you uh, formally introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your background in uh, the beer industry? Sure. Um, I've been in the market re- research industry for over 20 years now. And recently, you know, more recently, really, I've been working um, at IRI for the past 12 years, supporting uh, larger beer clients for IRI, two larger beer clients over that time period from a a client insights uh, role perspective of basically analyzing data and that and helping them make decisions, make recommendations based on the data that we're seeing that we collect. Awesome. And... um what, uh, what really, I mean, you said you're passionate about both beer and data. I mean, where, where did this fire begin? Um, it, it, it's kind of funny, you know, um, thinking back to like when I became, you know, the legal drinking age, right? Like, and I, I started experimenting and a lot of my friends were into the craft brewing scene, right? And trying different beers and just, oh, that's interesting. That tastes different, right? And like, just kind of having good beer. Our thing was, uh, you know, you can always have good beer, right? Like, so experimenting, trying those things and then enjoying it. And then 
really for me, I, I really kind of fell in love with the research world back in college as well, right? Like had some classes and that that I took for market research for marketing, right? And, you know, as my major and just really decided that it was an interesting thing that kind of like fascinated me learning about the consumer and kind of how you can pull all this together to, you know, get your product out and do those things. Interesting. Um, and so tell us about the company you work for. I mean, this is a, sure. a name we, we've all kind of heard, but it's kind of, as far as I'm concerned, kind of shrouded behind a, a you know, a little bit of mystery. Sure. IRI. So, you know, thinking about IRI, it's really kind of big data and beyond, I'll say, right, to kind of start off. <laughs> you know, we're best known for our POS business, right, our point of sale, our scanner data, right? So everybody's probably familiar with that and knows that that's, you know, our one of our key offerings, right? But it goes much beyond that now, kind of the data platforms and technology that we have available. Thinking about our POS service, right, it, it, it basically has coverage for, you know, 200, over 260,000 off-premise accounts, right? Like where it's giving a read on that to kind of show, okay, what does the business look like? What is the category doing? How's it performing, right? So like we can look to say, okay, we all know, right? Man, hard seltzers is flying off the shelves, but okay, what is the rate that hard seltzers is growing at? How big is that business? How big do we think it could be? Right, so you started thinking about that. And, you know, we, we've got a number of different channels represented, right? So we're gonna have grocery, drug, mass, dollar, club channels are included in our multi-outlet plus convenience is our, or our Mulo C geography is what we call it, right? And we can get that down at like market levels. So like, you know, okay, let's say that you're a smaller craft brewer, right? And you operate maybe in a state or two and things like that we can get you data for those states to see what how you look in your market, right, specifically, or if you're only in, you know, a couple of cities or something like that, you could do that and see what that looks like. Along with that POS data, we also do causal collection. So well, you let think me, back let, here. Let me, let me, sorry, sorry let, me, let me back up real quick. So IRI is, is collecting all this data uh, on beer, but I mean, from the company itself, is it a global company? Um, uh, global? Global and, you know, CPG. So you think about our data, right? Like a lot of times the street, Wall Street, right, is using this to evaluate different businesses across the CPG industry, right? So we're not only collecting your categories, we're collecting, you know, gum and carbonated beverage and everything like that. And then we can look at things too to see, okay, how is beverage alcohol performing relative to some of the other areas or aisles in the store, right? So we can look at the alcohol aisle, you know, look at beer, wine, and spirits, and then we can see, okay, how's the beer industry doing to that? And then, you know, you start thinking about space that's available in these stores and then the accounts, right? And like, so there could be shifting, you know, it's more space allocated based on how things are doing, you could get more displays, right? So that causal information, we collect display information out of stores with our retailer partners every week. Right, so we know what items are on display in the stores. And then we can also start to measure to say, okay, when those items are on display are being promoted, how effective, what kind of lift do they get? What kind of increase in sales do certain brands project out, right? So, so you can actually look at the correlation between IPAs and spearmint gum, right? Yeah, we can also look at that, right? Because we, besides our POS data, 
We have some other data sources, Jeremy, and some of those are our national consumer panel, right? So it's a household panel where we have 60,000 households that have reported, you know, what their household looks like. And so it's like, you know, okay, I have two kids and, you know, here's my approximate household income. And, you know, these are things that I'm interested in, right? So then we kind of have a profile of what that household looks like. And then we could say, okay, you know, within there, what does that household buy? So they buy my product, right? What other products do they buy, right? So I could have a cross promotional activity with maybe a peanut manufacturer or whatever, right? Like we could figure out what that looks like to kind of make recommendations that way, right? So it's definitely a dynamic there. We also have a, a shopper loyalty service that takes loyalty card data where we get kind of the same demographic information but it gives us more buyers and that helps us in the beer industry because you know, with penetration of beer drinkers and stuff like that, sometimes we don't have enough with the panel where that shopper loyalty has 65 million households in it, right? So we jump up from 66,000 households to 65 million households. So we can get a lot more turns, a lot more transactions, and then we can see across categories and stuff, how people buy and purchase things that look like, which is target household. So this sounds awfully a lot like uh, the movie, The Matrix, which kind of dates me, but uh, hopefully you're right there with me, where you're looking at a screen and all you see is just these complex array of zeros and ones. But when you look at it close enough, you can start to see that, okay, this this bald guy with a beard is actually going in buying spearmint gum, bananas, uh, uh, some pale ale, uh, and uh, and a gigantic bag full of potato chips uh, and and a pint of ice cream. And you're seeing and you're able to kind of look into our lives just based upon these zeros and ones, effectively. Correct. And then and then when we're able to do that is you know the thing that makes that even more powerful is. We, we've got other tools where we could target consumers, right? So we take census information and we take you know, some experience information and we combine all that with these other data sources. So we know what certain households buy maybe from like our, our household panel, right? And then we say, okay, what are other households that look like that household and where are they at out in the country, right? So then you could say, okay, from there, these are other households that look like households that buy your product and here's where they are located. Here's where they're most likely to shop, right? So like then you could even say, okay, well then these are accounts that I should target, right? To kind of go into and look at. So yeah, it's definitely kind of peeling back the layers. And that's why I kind of said it's kind of big data and beyond because we've got a lot of solutions now that we've worked on over the years and integrated into our unify kind of liquid data platform, right? Which allows us to all get at this online. So like people like me that work for IRI, but even clients, you know, can gain access and they could access this data through a browser with their sign on, you know, if they, when they purchase the data, right, from IRI. So like they could go in and pull down some of these things, pull some trends in that, right? For basic, maybe a, a small craft brewer, local craft brewer, and then, you know, some of the larger national brewers, you know, they're going to have access to a lot of these tools directly, right? Like some of their analysts and stuff like that, and we'll work with them and 
and I have ideas on how to get to some of this information to help them target and make recommendations in retail. All right. So I, I, because because this stuff is way above my pay grade, I want to make sure that I understand. And and some of my sure. listeners are probably just like, hey, we're, we're right there with, with Ryan. Come on, Jeremy, keep up. Um, so I go into the grocery store. I fill my cart full of groceries and beer and ice cream and potato chips and gum. Um, and then I swipe my rewards card because I want to get the discount that they advertise. And all that data then goes to IRI. And that's where you can start to see patterns. You can start to see shifts, which is interesting because in with with uh, with my work, you know, I, you I experienced that, that this little pocket of this area they love their IPAs. This little pocket loves this type of beer. And as soon as you go to this little area, then it's I mean nothing sells but big domestic tasteless lager um and and so we can experience that from from the ground but i mean that took me months uh of of talking to people and visiting to kind of start putting this together and meanwhile you've been smiling saying yeah i could have told you that uh months ago um right we can make heat maps we can do all sorts of stuff right, to kind of tell you what the trends look like and you can look at them across these areas and then say okay you know, what does it look like? Where should I go with my business? You might, you know, we can, we classify all this information and we can add additional attributes like styles for the crafts, right? Uh So then maybe not sorting it from a brand perspective, but you sort it from what kind of style is the beer? To your point, is it an IPA, right? Like, is it a lager? Is it, you know, a hard seltzer? what kind of item is it and then we can look across the styles even to to your point in your local markets to see what things are catching on right so we can quantify that right i think the ipas are accelerating right i'm seeing it like and that but hey yeah ipas are up twice as much as all the other craft styles right now right or you know hey man even seltzers right for you know a small craft brewer now locally they're doing well right like there's definitely instances of that so wow okay well maybe i should think about a seltzer maybe i should think about something else right like so it it definitely empowers you to kind of look at that data and kind of relate that and see how you might be able to make tweaks to benefit your business and so i and i remember um kind of working on the retail side years ago um uh, trying to sell beer and wine, I I learned because of the work that people like you were doing, I learned that if I could stick a bottle or a six pack into a grocery cart of someone walking by, um, uh, then they were likely to spend uh, a large percentage more on groceries, just because Correct. they had uh, just because they had alcohol in the cart, and so that was why I had a job was to talk to people, give them recommendations, look in their cart and see like what they were buying and going to be fixing for dinner that night and then say, here, take this bottle of wine, take this six pack of beer, it's going to go great with that. And the next thing you know, they spend way too much at the front. And this is part of, uh, this is part of the, the data collection that can actually benefit retail breweries and wineries in this particular example, right? Yes, definitely. We call that the in-basket, out-of-basket analysis, right? (laughs) So you're looking at those buyers and you're saying, okay, well, when my product's in their basket, this is how much they're spending at retail, right? So we're looking at their total basket dollars and then we're saying, okay, and here's what it looks like when it's not in there, right? And, you know, depending on the brand and stuff, you know, that, that value might go up $20, $30, 
you know, and some of that too is that they might be buying even other bad alcohol stuff, right? Maybe they're having a party, you know, but stuff like that. But to show that, you know, the value of these products, right? Also too, thinking like a COVID, right? Right now, BevElk was one of the areas of the store that accelerated the most across channels, right, on the off-premise. So it was one of those things that actually benefited the most from kind of the lockdown, right? Like, you know- See, even I could have told you that. (laughs) So, you know, and and we think about it, it's like, yeah, you're at home, you're not going out to a bar anymore, right? So you're not consuming in the on-premise as much, right? So, well, you're gonna change your spending habits and your patterns, right? Like, so, we know that the business shifted to the off-premise, right? Like from the on. So it's one of those things to say, okay, yeah, it happened. And then it's like, okay, Mr. Retailer, this is why our category is so important is we're generating more of your growth right now during this pandemic, right? So it's literally, okay, you need to help support us, give us display, give us feature activity, right? Like, so we're a featured ad, right? Like in the store to help you drive traffic into your store and kind of have that increased dollar spend with including our category and your promotional activity to help you maximize your sales during this time. And so so you're collecting this data at the stores. Um, You guys are kind of putting this data together in a meaningful way. What happens? Um, what happens now? Where, who uh, who gets your data after you guys release it? How does that work? So there, there's a lot of things. After we release the data and get it up, there's you know a, like probably like a, a week lag of like time or real time. Some of the things are faster, some of them are slower, depending on how long it takes to get the data from the retailers, get it all processed, get it up in the databases, right? But it's pretty much real time depending on what we're doing, the household panel is more real time, right? Like, so we look at these things and kind of pull them up. Different areas that are getting it. So, you know, thinking about the beer industry specifically, right? Like it's a retailer partners, right? So, you know, we've got a lot of the large chains and that are included in our data, right? Everybody knows that. But one thing I want to make sure that people realize is that we have a lot of smaller chains and a lot of, you know, independents are in our data, right? We have independent partners because we know that those stores sell differently than a lot of your chains, right? And they're managed differently, right? So we wanna know how those go and they're sample stores of ours to help us kind of forecast and predict what's going on in that total kind of multi-outlet plus convenience channel that we talked about, right? Which is kind of our big kind of total kind of off-premises, I would call it, right? And Mm -hmm. So we know that that's important. So those are retailer partners. So then they're they're getting the data, right? So then they can look at their sales to help try to maximize what they're getting back. Then we've got you know the brewers, right? We've got different brewers, right? We, we talk about your your large national brewers, and then you've got your regional craft. And you know depending on those, their levels of spend might be different on you know what data sources they purchase. Some may purchase you know POS and some might get, you know, some panel data like we're talking about for like in-basket, out-of-basket dollars. You know, your, you know, your different, your smaller guys might only get some POS data, maybe for their market and, you know, maybe for some specific stores or something like that, right? But like, so it might be more kind of just high level, maybe reports like we talked about based on style to see if there's trends popping. 
you know, also looking at packaging, right? So you can look at packaging to see if there's a certain type of package that might be getting hot, right? So we know that craft kind of moved into cans and like, okay, what about 16 ounces? Should I do 12? Should I do a four pack? Should I do a six pack, right? So starting to think about configurations in that, you can look at that. So, you know, I would say across the brewers and then even wholesaler partners, Right, so you know, I've I've worked with wholesalers, and a lot of your larger wholesalers now they have analysts on staff, right? Like, so it, there's people like me that sit on site at some of the larger distributors, and they've got access to our tools, like the household panel, the POS data, right? And they're analyzing the data specifically for their markets and stores, and helping make assortment recommendations to go out to retail, right? To work with their bigger retailers, working with the sales teams from larger brewers, right? So definitely it kind of goes across the board, right? So we've got kind of our brewer universe with our three tier system, right? You know, the wholesaler distributor universe, you know, there's definitely presence there, right? And then you know, from there, it, it, it just is get retail. So pretty much everybody uses our data at different points. They might use it differently, right? Because it's their business, right? They're trying to, everybody's trying to maximize their dollars at the end of the day, but like, how do we do that together, right? So sure. it's taking the data, kind of interpreting it and seeing how we can work together to kind of make the beer industry bigger and better every year. Um. There's a couple different questions that we could take off from here, um, but I'm, the the first one is, um, so it sounds like uh, you basically as far as obtaining different levels of data, you have different pricing packages because the large uh, national macro uh, brewer or global macro brewer is going to uh, be able to pay for and require this set of data. Meanwhile, the regional craft or even the local craft. Uh, brewer who's trying to level up, um, they may only be able to afford so much, and and maybe only some of it is is important to them. Um, uh, can you can you talk to about uh, how some of these smaller uh, breweries um, distributors how they can get access to data, different uh, packages, how how that would work? Sure. So you know what we could do there is really. You, you can reach out to kind of the IRI website, right? Like, so you could look and see what kind of one services we offer. And then you could also, you know, just email us at IRI at IRIWorldwide.com, right? So, and then you can talk about and find out what different things are available. And, and really thinking about it, you know, typically like you're saying, like a, a smaller local or regional craft player is probably going to get the POS data, right? And they're going to get a limited kind of report set, right? Like, so it's going to be maybe a standardized report and that that they're going to get, they might not get access to the online, you know, tools and stuff that we have available for some of the larger brewers. And it can make it definitely cost effective for them to do it, right? Maybe they get it a quarterly or something like that, right? They don't need it every day. You know, your larger National brewers, they're getting data updates weekly, daily, depending on the data source, right? And, you know, and they're getting all these tools, but it can definitely vary. And we can work with you to figure out what makes sense for your business, right? Like, so, and it's like, okay, what kind of reporting do I need? And some of it might just be basic sales trends to your point, you know, distribution, price, right? 
Mr. BJ, think back to your four P's, right, of marketing, right? Like, so kind of thinking back to those factors that drive, you know, a factor that I think is really important for smart guys is looking at sales velocity, right? So comparing velocities of items, right, to think about, okay, does that item really move? You know, am I set on some flavor that maybe I shouldn't be offering anymore, right? Like, so can, can I take a step back and look at the data and say, well, that really just doesn't move when it's in the stores, right? I, I don't sell many, many six packs of that at, a, at an account, right? When I look across all the accounts in that, it's really just not moving. And I came out with this new flavor, right? That is doing really well, this new IPA or something like that, right? Like, and it just seems to be resonating and maybe I should be thinking about that being more of my flagship than what I originally came out with, right? And we all we all get that, we get the tie to something like that, but that's an example of kind of how to bring that data in and how it might be relevant, right? And then, you know, and this, reach and this out is, to either our website or, you know, email us and we can work with you to figure out what might be good for your business. And I'm glad you brought that up because, um, you know, kind of like, I'm going to go back to my analogy I made earlier about looking at, uh, you know, screen like the matrix. Um, this is complex. It does not paint a black and white, simple picture. This is uh, very intense and it takes time to look at it long enough before you start seeing the patterns. And, um, for someone who doesn't have that experience or knowledge, uh, or a smaller brewery just is, isn't there yet, or a smaller distributor that isn't there yet, smaller reta- uh, retailer, um, you know, interpreting the data is the next level of all this stuff. Okay, now we have the data. We partnered with someone, uh, with a di- uh, distributor. Now we have access to the data that's important to us. Um, and, you, and we'll talk about the uh, specific data points to look at in just a minute. Um, but just getting interpreting the stuff. Um, uh, there's different ways that we could look at it as far as sales. Um, one example we brought up before we started recording was uh, I've got a brewery. I've got this uh, this particular beer that I love, but the sales velocity is just died off. Um, uh, and you know, should we get rid of this brand? I love this brand. I'm, I'm and so now I have to kill my darling, and I don't want to do it. But we can use the data to help make some of these decisions. Um, uh, help, help me understand a little bit more about how we can interpret this data to make decisions like brand, sales, marketing, all that stuff. Sure, so kind of like I was saying, think back to your kind of like four Ps, right? Your, you know, from marketing principles, right? So key metrics to kind of look at like with our POS data are gonna be your distribution, your price, uh, promotional activity, all these different things, thinking to your question, you know, really that I think that that's a kind of a velocity based question along with distribution, right? Like thinking about, okay, how heavily do I have that product distributed, right? I know my sales are a little lower than a lot of my other offerings now for that product. And then thinking about how much does it sell per account and how does that compare to other offerings that I have in my portfolio? Right, to kind of think about, okay, does it make sense to have that? And this is a lot of the kind of evaluations that are happening for product sets at retail as well, right? So then we're looking at the turn of items that we have in the store, right? Versus the turn of items that may be available in the market 
to help kind of determine what that might look like as well, right? So like the same evaluation is happening at retail and it could be, you know, why your product has slowed, right? It used to be your flagship or your, mm-hmm. your big brand and you're, you're tied to it, right? But the retailers are already noticing maybe with a wholesaler or a larger, you know, national brewer that might be helping them with their set, right? To say, ah, that, that really is not moving anymore, right? Like, and we've got other items that are moving faster in the market that you can put in and we can increase your sales in your store, right? And so that conversation's happening there. So you need to think about, are you willing to look at that same kind of data point and think about it from that retailer's perspective and realize that, you know, it might just, that item might be going away, right? It might not be relevant in market anymore. And you can tell that from kind of looking at your, you know, cases or dollars per store selling, right? Like kind of thing, or your dollars per ACV I like to use or dollars per million ACV, right? They can help you forecast to say, okay, then, you know, these other products that might not even be in my market are doing really well somewhere else if like you got a hold of some of that data and said, okay, what happens if I offered something like that, right? Like maybe this is what the velocity might look like and that's quite a bit higher than the one that I'm thinking about removing, right? Like, so you could start to look and say, okay, what items do I want to think about having in here? And, you know, should I really evaluate? Because that evaluation is happening at retail. So then if you can't have it distributed, then what's the point of making it, right? Like you might be able to sell it in a tap room or something, but, you know, it starts to be a diminishing return for you too, right? So all this evaluation is going on all throughout the different layers of our system and in our beer industry, right? So you need to be able to evaluate it yourself and think about your business, you know, constructively and just kind of think about what makes sense for me to continue to keep moving with the industry. And I, and I think a uh, if I were to concoct a ridiculous scenario of, let's say I want to start a brewery that uh, specializes in sessionable barley wines, which, you know, that's just ridiculous, right? Um, and my goal is to um, uh, go from uh, you know, regional to national brand within two years and try and get a buyout, um, you know, and, and I think it's going to be great. Um, I've had, you know, my, my mom and uh, my buddies over there like, yeah, that's going to be great. You're going to do great. Um, it, it'll be people like you that say, well, here's the reality. People you know, don't drink sessionable barley wines uh, during happy hour or during football games. Um, and, and, no, and all these entities are not looking for something like this. So you might want to rethink your plan and your offerings. Correct. Uh, right? And, and again, just a ridiculous example, but, um, but if we actually – to take that and extrapolate that to the breweries who, um, you know, maybe in your area of good example, uh, I lived uh, almost 20 years in, um, in the Pacific Northwest. And when I started falling head over heels in love with beer, ambers, reds, browns uh, proliferated. And those were the beers that everyone drank, uh, uh, right behind pale ales. Then IPAs came along and IPAs were the beer to drink. Then hazies came along. And now at least in that region, it is difficult to find a red. It's difficult to find an amber. Um, 
And that's all because, you know, things changed. And your data is what's showing these retailers and these breweries, stop brewing that. Stop selling that. That's going to sit on the shelf, go bad, and cause lots of problems. This is what people actually want. Yeah, and that continues to evolve over time, right? Like we, we've seen, like, you know, like we say hard seltzers. I keep saying hard seltzers, and we don't talk about it because it has been, you know, crazy impact on our industry, right? Like, and thinking about, you know, the trends that it's produced and, you know, what does that mean and, you know, how big will it continue to go, right? We'll, we'll start to see that taper their sales trends and stuff, right? But, you know, thinking about what is the next big thing? What are the things that the consumers are moving away from, right? So looking at our data, kind of looking through styles, profiles, packaging, right? You could take some of this basic POS data that you could get, you know, as a smaller guy and start to understand what's at least going on in your market and start to evaluate to try to figure out, okay, where do I want to go with my business, right? Like what kind of decisions do I want to make? Do I need to start thinking about, coming out with some other different type item? Do I need to drop an item? Is there an item that I have that has more potential that I should just be pushing distribution on, right? Like, so those are the things where you can look at the data to try to help you start to get to that. You might have an item that's a really high velocity item compared to anything else that's in your market, right? And maybe it's something that you don't have that much distribution on and maybe that's a huge opportunity for you, right? So thinking about those things and thinking about how to look at the levers and think about how you want to manage your portfolio, right, really kind of can help you to make your business better with the data, right, with, you know, limited costs of not having to look at, you know, a panel or all these other offerings that we have, right, but you might be able to make some basic decisions down at a lower market level. Yeah, and, and so basically don't be afraid of the data. Don't be afraid of the complexity. Um, if if uh, if you're like me and this is not where your brain goes, then talk to someone whose brain does go there. Get get hold of Ryan from IRI. He'll he'll steer steer you straight because this is fundamental stuff that we all get. It's just you know the data will confirm our suspicions or vice versa. Um, but this will really help us. Um, um, be on point with what it is we're trying to accomplish. Fair, yeah. right? Correct. Uh, so to that to that point, what um, you know, we kind of talked about this again beforehand, but uh, the data points that are especially important to talk about. I mean, um, the complexity is just kind of mind numbing, um, but there's certain things that we really ought to pay attention to, no matter where you are in the business and what your role is. These are these are some fundamental things that everyone should. Uh, be aware of, if nothing else, um, um, and I'll, and actually, I'll I'll, I'll pass this uh, baton to you. What, what are what are the things that are the most important? Sure. So you know, sales trends, right? Like looking at sales trends helps, right, to interpret what things are doing well, what things are doing poor. How did they compare across the market? You might even look at sales share, right? So. And will you define define these terms so that we're clear on what these are? Sure. So a sales trend is my percent change versus a year ago, right? So what am I I growing, right? Am I shrinking, right? Are my sales up or am I down? What percentage is that up or down for me? What percentage are my competitors up or down, 
right? So right now, everybody is growing, let's say in the off-premise of the IRI track world right now because of COVID, the pandemic, right? Of, you know, we were talking about before a little bit of a shift from on to off-premise right now, just because of the consumer can't consume in on-premise or restrictions and stuff, right? So, well, everybody's up, right? But am I up as much as everybody else is around me? Right, like th- those are questions you should be asking yourself, right? Because it's like, okay, yeah, my sales are up, but wait, I'm not up as much as everybody else. I had right? a bigger like, slice like, of pie, or, but is it as big as their slice of pie? Correct. Am I continuing to grow my pie? Am I, or am I gaining piece of the pie? Right. Like so, the other thing is, is sometimes you could be in a market depending on what's going on, and sales are down. Hey, but guess what? My sales aren't down as much as everybody else. Right, so it must be tough times or something's going on in my market that's kind of changed the dynamic. But kind of knowing that, you know, might be able to help you to say, well, I'm not probably, I guess I'm not doing that bad right now, right? Like everybody's kind of down. This is interesting, right? Like, so, you know, we might see that next year as things begin to open up, at least in our track stuff, right? So we might see trends go down from where we had our loads and all that and stock ups early on, you know, this year in March and April, right? Like, so, you know, that might happen as we cycle those numbers. Then you want to think about another area to look at is distribution, right? Like, so how heavily are items distributed, right? So if you do a sales ranking and you're like, okay, well, my, my, my IPA is the number three in my market, right? And there's two others that are above me. Okay. Well, then you start thinking about, okay, does my IPA turn as fast as those other guys, right? So my sales velocity, right? So oh, wait, they're a lot more distributed than I am in the market, right? So that's why they have more sales. My, my sales rate's actually higher than theirs, right? So I'm turning more sales per account than they are in the market, right? And I should be talking to retailers about that, right? Also, you know, another one that I always look about, you think back to your four piece is price. Am I competitively priced then with those brands that I'm competing with, right? So maybe my my product's a little more, maybe my product's less. Maybe that could be a reason why they might be selling more than you, right? Like if there's somebody in front of you, right? So thinking about those different kind of factors, you know, so it's your your sales and your trend, your kind of share, right? So how am I doing relative to everybody else from a performance standpoint? Are there areas that are growing, you know, do I have distribution opportunities? Do I have velocity opportunities, right? Like I feel like I have a good product, but maybe people just don't know about it yet and there's not an excitement about it yet in market, right? That could be another thing. Can I build my velocity, right? Like maybe I should think about doing some promotional activity to get people trying the product to start building that so then I get momentum with my brand or my flavor that I'm thinking about trying to build. So. Those are things that you can look at in the data, right? So your your distribution, your velocity, your price, your sales trends to help kind of guide as you're looking through the data. Those are some of the basic principles that you can get from the data to start to try to help you make decisions. Perfect. And especially, I love that you added that it's all in relation to your goals and what is happening with everyone. Um, you know, I think uh, the past eight months would be uh, horrible to tell all of your uh, 
sales reps that hey our our keg sales are way down what's going on with you guys you need to you you know you need to get this you know horseback on track and th- that's not going to happen um, but understanding that you're doing well considering everything is going on that's it's important to understand what's going on there exactly right so it's all about how do you compare how is the industry doing right so like we said i think you know even you know beers accelerated in the off but then thinking about how much of your business is on versus off premise too right like so that could be a big thing like yes your sales could be up in the off premise of what we're tracking right but and the on-premise, your sales could be down enough and it makes up a larger portion of your sales, you might be down year to date, right? But it's not that you're not doing well, it's kind of because of the changing dynamic of the marketplace for the time being, right? And yeah. so that's another thing, we're we're starting to offer an on-premise solution as well at IRI. So you'll be hearing more about that in this next year and that, and that'll start becoming available so we can start looking at the on-premise channel as well for our TBA categories. So Perfect. Well, that's and, another thing to think about. And with uh, and, and um, this whole uh, COVID experience has really potentiated um, our market system in general, but uh, we're starting to see a lot of online um, sales and, and other stuff like that as well. Uh, how are you guys able to kind of pivot with the online world? Yeah, we're, we're starting to track that. We're starting to work on partnerships in that world, right, with some of these online offerings, um, looking at tracking uh, sales for like Walmart, you know, uh, click it and pick, right, and things like that. So we're working with our retailer partners. We're working with some of these online partners to see if like we can start taking their data and adding it into our data set, right? To make sure that we're continuing to track that and kind of go from there, right? So we're looking at partnerships to make sure that we can help the brewers, you know, and the industry continue to monitor that and see how important that is to the total world, right? So like I was talking about the on-premise, right? Like they were, we're working on adding that service, right? So. We're, we're at the thing where you can look at category level across like TBA, but then brands will become available and all this stuff that we kind of have already in the off-premise, right? And then to your point, Jeremy, you know, thinking about the online business and, you know, looking at that and we're working with the different partners right now, you know, other e-commerce ones have been like Peapod, we've got a partnership with and all that, right? So. We're definitely looking at those areas and thinking about, obviously, with this going on, it accelerated the trends in crazy fashion, right? And we've got some of that data, right? Like, we know, and we're working with them to try to make that available to everybody as well. Uh, just uh, the other day, um, you know, due to COVID and due to time, my my wife was able to uh, call this grocery store and order everything, and then she just went and picked it up. But she didn't, uh, to my knowledge, didn't you know swipe her card, didn't use the rewards, and maybe she did, maybe I'm wrong. But um, but I thought about that scenario where someone is buying the stuff remotely and how that's going to affect um, the data collection and then the data use in the, in the uh, end game of it all 
Uh, yeah. And so I'm, I'm glad to see that you guys are uh, kind of evolving with the way things are going. It, it's it's kind of like you're you're uh, uh, abiding by your own advice. <laughs> it's like things right. change. You got to keep up with it. <laughs> you got to pivot, right? You got you got to do it right. You know, talking maybe with Amazon and, and different online retailers that might be offering things, right? Like and start saying, okay, can we incorporate it? Yeah, you know, other retailer partners, like we said, that we already have, like where it's a, a click and pick scenario, like you're talking about, right? Like we're working with them and some of the retailers are allowing us to include that data and stuff, right? So we're working through that. And then, you know, are they gonna use loyalty card for that loyalty card universe, right? Like that's a added granularity that helps us with answering some of the questions. But at the same time, if we are at least getting the scan sales, we know what's selling through that store, right? Like what, what kind of went out the door. So that's the other factor of that, that we might not have all the demographic kind of information or knowing that this household buys this and this, but we'll know that this thing was sold out of that store, right? So at least we'll be able to get to some of that more basic information for the time being. And then think about how that changes over time. And I would think that they would use their loyalty card with their online account anyways. And maybe that's already tied up and married up, right? Like you're just on there and you've signed up to your profile that you've set up and it might be already connected to that. Well, I do want my discounts. Right, to get your discount, right? Because everybody wants to get their discount. I mean, who doesn't, right? Like, and and you get the special coupons for the stuff that you buy, right? Like, so, you know, it's not a miracle that that happened. People know and we're mining and looking at that data, right, to try to get to, hey, these people should get coupons from you, right? Like, so, you know, that's how that all works, you know, and it's going on every day behind the scenes and we've got, you know, AI and artificial intelligence going on, right? Like, to help kind of do that and look at that and help us figure out these things. Uh, so before we start winding down, Ryan, um, I want to ask you one more uh, question about all this stuff. And it, if you uh, are able to look at your data-filled crystal ball uh, into 2021, do you have any predictions that uh, you're starting to see? Well, it, you know, it, it's definitely a trying time right now with what we've got going on, right? Like, so crystal ball-wise, We've had some of our, because, you know, we've talked about a little bit about our data services. We also have analytic solutions and like consulting solutions at IRI, right? So we've got some advanced analytic folks that have been working on things like forecasting, right? Thinking about, okay, you know, what's going on, you know, with the CPG industry in general, what categories benefited from COVID, you know, during the limited mobility as we're calling it, right? Like we actually have a paper analysis that's out on our website that people could go view and it shows Bev Elk and Beer being one of the top ones that benefited in our off-premise, right? But then also in there, they made some predictions on general trends for the off-premise stores in 2021 based on if the vaccine goes out in December or if the vaccine were to go out in June and what some of those sales rates might kind of look like, right? So how did sales change versus a year ago, right? So are we gonna be up or are we gonna be down? We're probably gonna be down, but then there's leveling varying extents to that, right? So, okay, if we're still more kind of at a low, low mobility and lockdown because not everybody's gonna get the vaccine until the summer, well, that number might look a little bit different, but we have taken a look at that to kind of predict 
what we think might happen there. So I would definitely encourage the listeners to go out and kind of go to iriworldwide.com and then there's a COVID section that they can go click into and kind of find that out, right? Like, and so it's got a nice deck kind of summarizing that and what that would look like. And I will try and look that up. Uh, let's see, COVID section, I'm writing this down as we speak at IRA. I will try and put a link uh, on my show notes, but uh, I've got a couple of predictions um, that I think will happen in 2021. All right. um, I think, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to, I'm just going to, I'm looking at my crystal ball. Uh, it looks like a beer mug um, when all the bubbles are speaking to me right now. I think, um, I think uh, the travel industry is going to bounce back really fast when, when, when this is all done because, because we're dying to go somewhere. Um, and I think uh, relative to the other industries, I'm going to speak your lingo, uh, it's going to bounce back quickly relative to other industries. I think it's good, uh, 2021, when we finally kind of get on top of this COVID thing, I think it's going to be a very bad time to get sick and have to go to the hospital because all the doctors and nurses need a vacation. And so they're going to be like gone. Either that or they're going to be like, I need a new career. I'm going to go get in the beer field. This, this stuff is crazy. And I think... Uh, <laughs> And I think um, I, I think there might be a little bit of a swing too when when we finally can actually go back to bars and restaurants. I'm willing to bet a beer that we'll see uh, cake sales and on-premise uh, swing really high and off-premise swing down a little bit um, before it stabilizes back to what it was. Uh, that that's my prediction for 21. All right, I I would agree with that on the on-premise. Right, I was actually talking with another colleague the other day, and we're like, man. I think like when when it opens back up, people are going to want to get out and go because they haven't been able to. Yeah. Right. Like and then you know you you think about the businesses and that and it'll shift things back to norm. So like we're saying, you know, we might see downtrends in the off premise some, right? But then are your on premise trends to your point going to grow? And I think that that's definitely something that can happen, right? And it'll get back get us back towards a new norm. Yeah. Right. So like I would say that like thinking about that, but I, I think that information that our analytics team put together is really nice. And it kind of helps kind of show an idea of what we think will happen to the category we work in, but also other categories in the store to start thinking about what that new kind of norm might look like for us and how we might get back to the road. I like the idea of the travel. Yeah. If I'm tired of sitting at home, I'm with you on that. So. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, if I'm wrong, I owe you a beer, but, uh, yeah, I, I okay. think, I think when we finally all get to go back out to restaurants and, and, and pubs and bars, everything with, without restraint, I think we're going to do it. And then we're going to realize, Oh wait, this is expensive. I need to go back to the grocery store and, and, uh, balance it out, but it'll, it'll take time. Um, uh, so I've got a few questions for you as we wind down. It's not on data per se, but it's more about uh, uh, kind of your feelings of, of, you know, of beer and everything. But um, uh, so uh, I now have the uh, ability to magically transform you into the uh, king of the beer world for a day, Brian. Okay. What are you going to change? Boy, that's a that's a that's a, almost a stumping question, but <laughs> but I'll say. I, I'd, I'd love for us to look at data more, right? Being that data nerd kind of guy that I am, like looking at data a little bit more to help us make some of these decisions. And if people could be a little more subjective, right? Like, and not be as personal. I know that's hard to do when you're trying to manage your business and stuff like that. 
to start thinking about it and how we could all kind of work together, right? Like, I feel like it's a great industry. There's great people. And I would say that if we could use data to help us make more decisions and make better decisions as a whole, we can continue to grow this industry more than a lot of the other industries. Perfect. I, I hope that happens, uh, Your Majesty. Um, uh, now, if you get if you were able to choose your very last beer and your very last meal before you depart this earth, what would they be? Boy, I I kind of I kind of think to you know some of some of the kind of preference. I'm a steak guy. I'm a meat and potatoes kind of man. You know, my my ideal meal is a steak baked potato and Caesar salad, right? Like that, that, that that's what I'm gonna do. And usually like with something like that, I'd, I'd probably do like, uh, you know, a, a light lager, maybe like a Modelo or something like that is kind of in my wheelhouse because I don't want something that's too filling when I'm consuming that. So I guess if something like that, that'd be like my last meal, that'd probably be what it would be is, you know, a steak, but probably like something like a Modelo or something like that and kind of go from there. Nice. Sticking your guns. Um, now, the, and this this next question is, is very complex and simple at the same time, but drawing from all of your experience with beer, both professionally and personally, why does good beer matter? Well, I, I would say that you could drink something bad and not really enjoy it, or you could have good beer kind of enjoy it and sip it and relax and make it something that is a cherishable experience, I guess, in my mind, right? So, you know, and, and like I said, you know, I think a light lager for my meal, but a lot of times I might want like a stout or something like that for dessert, right? Like, so, you know, thinking about what my mood is and that, but enjoying different beers and some things that beer goes with different, with different occasions, right? So kind of depending on what you're doing depends on what you might want to consume in my mind. So, I just enjoy it, having it, and making it available and trying different things, right? I always like to do that from even a food perspective, but also, you know, a beer perspective. So having different experiences in that, and I think having different good beer options is essential to that. Wonderful. Um, and if anyone that's listening to this wants to learn more about uh, IRI or connect with someone like you to to, uh, to uh, kind of work with all this stuff, um, where can they go to uh, get some help or connect? Sure. And I, and I would say really kind of two things to, you know, kind of map out really be our, our website at iriworldwide.com. And then they could email us to contact us right at iri at iriworldwide.com. You know, those two things. And then our team will work to map to who you need to get to. Right. So if you're a retailer partner, right, you're going to talk to somebody different than, you know, somebody that is a wholesaler or a craft brewer kind of partner. Right. So there's going to be different people that we would map you to. And we'll do that and get you in touch with the right person to help you kind of figure out what you would need and like how we can partner together to figure out what solutions are right for you. Wonderful. And uh, last question, do you have any uh, final words of wisdom or any calls to action for anyone listening? No, I, like I said, I really, like I, I think the data can help drive us to where we want to go in the industry. I think it's been a great crazy year, you know, with this pandemic right now. And I think that people are looking forward to kind of what's to come, right? Like what happens? Do we go back to normal? What does that look like? Does 
do things, do people start traveling more, right? Are we back in the on-premise more than we were before, right? Because we really appreciate what that looks like and kind of going like that. So I'm definitely excited to see what comes in 2021 and what, what will evolve in our industry and it'll continue to evolve for years to come, I know. Wonderful. Thank you so much for coming on the show and uh, sharing all of your insight on this uh, challenging subject. Thank you. Using data to make better decisions for your business doesn't have to be complicated or intimidating. I hope this episode helps you understand what information is important to you and how to get it. Because to borrow a quote from back in the day, knowing is half the battle. In the next episode, we talk to an expert in the restaurant industry who helps us to learn more so we can earn more. Good Beer Matters is a show about great beer, great friends, and the experiences we create together. But it's also about better beer education so you can level up your game. So if you're a beer and food professional or even a beer enthusiast, then please subscribe to Good Beer Matters podcast and go to goodbeermatters.net for more resources and next steps. After that, grab a beer hang out with friends, and let the world open up. Thank you for listening. Cheers.